It's Sunday, November 27th, and this is Brian with The Morning News. Give us five minutes and we'll give you the headlines you need to know to be in the know. The Biden administration on Saturday eased some oil sanctions on Venezuela in an effort to support newly restarted negotiations between President Nicolas Maduro's government and its opposition. The Treasury Department is allowing Chevron to resume limited energy production in Venezuela after years of sanctions that have dramatically curtailed oil and gas profits that have flowed to Maduro's government. Earlier this year, the Treasury Department again allowed the California-based Chevron and other U.S. companies to perform basic upkeep of wells it operates jointly with state-run oil giant PDVSA. Talks between the Maduro government and the unitary platform resumed in Mexico City on Saturday after more than a year-long pause. A senior U.S. administration official said that easing the sanctions was not connected to the administration's effort to boost global energy production in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine and that the decision was not expected to impact global energy prices. Around the world, Iran's supreme leader praised paramilitary volunteers tasked with quashing dissent on Saturday in a televised address. Ayatollah Ali Khamenei addressed members of the Basij, the volunteer paramilitary wing of the elite Revolutionary Guard, and reiterated unsupported claims that protesters demonstrating countrywide are tools of the U.S. and its mercenaries. Extolling the military and social virtues of the Basij over the decades, Khamenei said the forces sacrificed themselves in order to save people from a bunch of rioters and mercenaries, referring to the recent countrywide unrest. Protests continued Saturday at some universities in the capital Tehran and other cities, according to social media, because of a severe countrywide crackdown by Iranian security forces. Demonstrations have become more scattered. Protesters have also called for commercial strikes. Meanwhile, Taiwan President Tsai Ing-wen relinquished her seat as head of the island's ruling party after it lost several key contests in local elections Saturday, foreshadowing political uncertainty amid heightened tensions with China. Her resignation as party leader came after opposition candidate Chiang Wan-an won a three-horse race for mayor of Taipei, a post that in the past has been a stepping stone to the presidency. Tensions with Beijing, which sees Taiwan as part of China and has vowed to take control of the island democracy, loomed over the elections. Concerns about China's intentions toward Taiwan remain high despite a face-to-face meeting between Chinese leader Xi Jinping and President Biden earlier this month that seemed to ease fears of a near-term conflict. Back in the U.S., workers at the nation's only underground nuclear waste repository have started using a newly mined disposal area at the underground facility in southern New Mexico. Officials at the Waste Isolation Pilot Plant made the announcement this week, saying the first containers of waste to be entombed in the new area came from Oak Ridge National Lab in Tennessee, one of the many labs and government sites across the country that package up waste and ship it to the WIPP. Carved out of an ancient salt formation about half a mile deep, the subterranean landfill located outside of Carlsbad received its first shipment in 1999. The idea is that the shifting salt will eventually entomb the radioactive waste left from decades of bomb-making and nuclear weapons research. And 
an international wildlife conference moved to enact some of the most significant protection for shark species targeted in the fin trade and scores of turtles, lizards, and frogs whose numbers are being decimated by the pet trade. The Convention of International Trade in Endangered Species of Wild Fauna and Flora, known by its initials as CITES, ended Friday in Panama. Along with protections for over 500 species, delegates at the United Nations Wildlife Conference rejected a proposal to reopen the ivory trade. An ivory ban was enacted in 1989. The International Wildlife Trade Treaty, which was adopted 49 years ago in Washington, D.C., has been praised for helping stem the illegal and unsustainable trade in ivory and rhino horns, as well as in whales and sea turtles. Now you know, and you're ready to go with the morning news. Share this with a friend and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You can also sign up for our newsletter at themorningnews.com. Thank you for listening.